Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray you had a wonderful Easter, a wonderful, blessed, holy triduum, holy Thursday, Good Friday, and holy Saturday, and a glorious, glorious, glorious Easter, and a beautiful Easter week, uh, which ended Saturday, and then yesterday, Sunday, um, uh, was Divine Mercy Sunday, and I, I grieve at so many in the world who do not know uh, what God promised the world on Divine Mercy Sunday. It's simply not taught, and it's the most grievous thing. It's the greatest grace outside of our Lord's death and resurrection that God could give the Church. Um, and that is for those who uh, go to Mass on Divine Mercy Sunday and make a good confession and receive Holy Communion, um, that they receive not a plenary indulgence. It's better, it's more than that. Complete forgiveness of all their sins and complete, um, how do I say, um, payment for temporal restitution, which is what purgatory is about. Our slate is wiped clean. It's been made comparable to a second baptism all of our sins forgiven, but all of the effects of our sin and the expiation do them, completely forgiven on Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, For plenary indulgence, you need to have a purpose of amendment and all of that on Divine Mercy Sunday, you do not. Um, Many people say, I I don't know if I have a purpose of amendment because I commit the same sin again and again. But that's not a requirement. There's only two requirements for the most vile sinner or the most holy Catholic. Um, There's no one without sin. And purgatory is for the temporal expiation that is our responsibility, not the eternal separation from God, which Jesus alone paid for on the cross, but for the temporal restitution needed um, uh, to atone for to repair the damage we have done on earth um, to those against whom we have sinned and to God, because every sin is against God. It, it's, um, I just grieve that it's not taught. It's taught in some churches, but I, I'm just guessing in most it's not. And it's a terribly grievous thing because the, the church, if you don't teach it, if priests don't teach it, bishops don't teach it, they're hiding, keeping from the faithful and robbing them of the enormous mercy that God gave uh, through St. Faustina. Um, and if you wish to know it, I think it's paragraph 699 that says it all clearly, but um, Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II, um, followed the instructions of our Lord to St. Faustina and um, made Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, the Sunday after Easter Sunday. Um, He 
made that Sunday Divine Mercy Sunday, and he said, my mercy is my greatest attribute, said God. Um, Many people yesterday did not receive what was rightly theirs to receive because there's such widespread ignorance in the church. It's, It's just tragic. In any case, dear ones, um, um, know that, and uh, if you know it, tell your priest to um, prepare the people. The people should be prepared for a couple of weeks before that, so they come on Divine Mercy Sunday, and they know what it's about, and they need to ask for the grace that God waits to give us, again, only with a good confession or even the confession any time up to the week before Divine Mercy Sunday, um, and to receive communion in a state of grace. So um, there's a wonderful video by Father, um, oh, I, I can't, Chris, um, is it, I, it begins with an A, Alar, Altier, I forget, I'm so sorry, but he's a priest um, from the... the uh, Shrine of the Divine Mercy, that beautiful order of priests. And he has a wonderful, just if you go on YouTube and type in Divine Mercy Sunday, um, you, you, will, you will see, you will reach him. And the message is, it's almost too good to be true. The mercy of God is, uh, Jeremiah said, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And Easter, this is now Paschal time, the time, Paschal Tide, Paschal Time, and it lasts 50 days until Pentecost. And um, so we are in a beautiful season of, it's not ordinary time, it's Paschal Time, right through to Pentecost. And Dom Garager has written a wonderful article on the mystery of this time, the mystery of Paschal Time. He wrote this um, uh, three cent, four centuries ago. Um, very, very beautiful. And this is our message from now until Pentecost. And he says, of all the seasons of the liturgical year, Easter tide is by, Easter's not one day. It only begins Easter. And it begins Paschal time. Um, <clears throat> of all the seasons of the liturgical year, Easter tide is by far the richest in mystery. We might even say that Easter is the summit of the mystery of the sacred liturgy. The Christian who is happy enough to enter with his whole mind and heart into the knowledge and the love of the Paschal mystery has reached the very center of the supernatural life. Hence it is that the church uses every effort in order to effect this. What she has hitherto done was all intended as a preparation for Easter. The holy longings of Advent, the sweet joys of Christmas, the severe truths of Septuagesima, the contrition and penance of Lent, the heart-rending sight of the Passion, all were given us as preliminaries, as paths to the sublime and glorious Pasch, which is now ours. And that we might be convinced of the supreme importance of this solemnity, God will that the Christian Easter and Pentecost should be prepared by those of the Jewish law 
1,500 years of typical beauty prefigured the reality, and that reality is ours. Between the law given, this is my own comment here, to the Jewish people through Moses on Mount Sinai, to the coming of the greater Moses, Christ, was 1,500 years. And now we're 200 years from that, 3,500 years. During these days then, Dom Geringer says, we have brought before us the two great manifestations of God's goodness toward mankind, the Pask of Israel and the Christian Pask, the Pentecost of Sinai and the Pentecost of the Church. We shall have occasion to show how the ancient figures were fulfilled in the realities of the new Easter and Pentecost and how the twilight of the Mosaic law made way for the full day of the gospel. But we cannot resist the feeling of holy reverence at the bare thought that the solemnities we have now to celebrate are more than 3,000 years old, actually 3,500 years old, and they are to be renewed every year from this till the voice of the angel shall be heard proclaiming, time shall be no more, Revelation 10. The gates of eternity will then be thrown open. Eternity in heaven, beloved, is the true Pasch. Hence, our Pasch here on earth is the feast of feasts, the solemnity of solemnities. The human race was dead. It was the victim of that sentence, whereby it was condemned to lie, to lie mere dust in the tomb. The gates of life were shut against it. But see, the Son of God rises from his grave and takes possession of eternal life. Nor is he the only one that is to die no more. For as the apostle teaches us, he is the firstborn from the dead. The church would therefore have us consider ourselves as having already risen with our Jesus and as having already got possession of eternal life. The Holy Fathers bid us look on these 50 days of Easter as the image of our eternal happiness. They are days that are devoted exclusively to joy. Every sort of sadness is forbidden, and the Church cannot speak to her divine spouse without joining to her words that glorious cry of heaven, the Alleluia. Wherewith, as the Holy Liturgy says, the streets and squares of the heavenly Jerusalem resound without ceasing. We have been forbidden the use of this joyous word during the past nine weeks prior to Easter. But it behooved us to die with Christ. But now that we have risen together with him from the tomb, and that we are resolved to die no more that death which kills the soul and caused our Redeemer to die on the cross, we have a right to our Alleluia. There's the music for our break, beloved. Feel free to call in this whole hour with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com We'll be right back.
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. Catholic Radio has just been a lifesaver for me. I start my day with it. I listen to it all day long as much as I can. There's always people calling in with people who've lost children, and I love everyone has to say and the advice of the Catholic Church and how to deal with suffering. It has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning. I am very grateful for it. Catholic Radio to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I enjoyed it very much listening to it. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Love really indicates where our values are, where our priorities are, and it shows our true love of God. You mentioned the thermometer of love, Father. In entry 343 of the diary, it begins, True love is measured by the thermometer of suffering. Tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu Ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and I am live, and I'm thrilled to take your calls, your texts, your emails, um, anything at all on your heart. Uh, I always say that the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. It doesn't have to be our subject, but yours. We have a call from our friend Kurt in Boston. Hello, Kurt. Hello, Mother Miriam. Happy Easter. (laughs) Happy Easter, sweetheart. How is everything (laughs) there in Boston? Ah, uh, hey, it's it's crazy, of course. The whole world's falling apart, but that's right. That's going to be expected. Um, mm-hmm. Father Chris Alar is the name you're looking for. Oh, bless you. That's it, Father Chris Alar, uh, Divine okay. Mercy Shrine. God bless you. Thank and, you. Oh, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll just say one thing before I get into my comment. Father Chris Alar, they said, I don't know how we found this out, but someone did a blood analysis on the Shroud of Turin and said on that shroud, the blood had only one X chromosome. Imagine that. Hmm. And, and then I mentioned that. Only to from... Says, oh, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, because the blessed mother is the only that's one that's right. human, right? That's exactly right. But I had a priest tell me that was heresy, <laughs> so I won't get involved with that. But anyway. <laughs> um, Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me, too. Um, It just proves the point. Um, 
I would love to say I, I did go to confession yesterday and I did receive communion. And I, and I actually went to the Saturday Vigil Mass, which was Divine Mercy Sunday. And then sure. that was the Novus that was the Novus Ordo. And then, of course, I went to the, the Latin Mass uh, the following day, because you can receive sure. twice. Yes, so, you can. Which, which I did. And it's ironic, because I wanted to get a crucifix blessed. And when I, when I paint these crucifixes, I, I, I make them as bloody and as realistic as I can. And... You know, as I'm waiting to talk with you, you know, if we could all look at this uh, as divine mercy, when, when our Lord was scourged and hanging there, almost looking unrecognizable, you know, we're all Ditmus. As long as we're not Getmus, we're all Ditmus. And we're all saying to him on Mercy Sunday, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. Because he took on the sins of the world to give us the divine mercy that we should, we should look at what sin does to the soul. Of course, on a, on a perfectly incorrupt body, you can imagine what the soul would look like. Because after all, the spiritual corruption is shown on the physical uncorrupted body of our Lord who took on all our sins. And if we could look at that, I think it would be very helpful because Dickness is the good thief. I mean, we're all trying to steal heaven because that was Adam's sin. So we should all realize we're the good thief. And, and all we need to do is confess what we're trying to steal and, and ask for mercy. And if that isn't the description of the divine mercy, I don't know what is. That's but I pretty think good. good. I think a good way to look at it is we should look at crucifixes and, and plead that they show the scourged Christ, not the few drops of blood. I know. Of oil. I know. And that's I what know. I do. I, I show it like he looked like he was torn apart. That's what and Isaiah like said. That. He had no comeliness that we should look on him. Exactly. And I'd like to say also, Mother Miriam, that, you know, in the secular world, we just heard, and it's horrible, this Buddhist, Wynn Bruce, who was this crazy fanatic of, of climate change and environmentalism, I heard just went on the steps of the Supreme Court and set himself on fire and died that way because he's trying to save the planet. And there's the two conflictions. The devil thinks, you know, this is, this is the world you're going to live and die in, and then you're going to be reincarnated. And, and, and this is why we, we need to show the truth. And, and the truth is the only true religion is the Catholic Church. And that's it's the only true one. About. It's the only one that God yes. gave, Kurt. And the Hebrew says... It is appointed unto man to die once, and after that, the judgment. My dear one, I want to get to another caller. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your heart, dear Kurt. A a very beautiful Paschal Tide until we uh, meet again at Pentecost. Okay, honey. Thank you. We have Jim from Pennsylvania on the line. Hello, Jim. Hello, Mother Miriam. Hi. Hi. It's been a while since I talked to you. Oh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, my question for you is, you know, I, I did all the things for the Divine Mercy 
uh, rewards. Like I went to confession, I did the novena, I went to good, yeah, communion and all that. But you know, what good is it to me? What what does it give me? I'll tell you what. Yeah. If you die prior to committing sin after yesterday, you go straight to heaven. There's no purgatory for you. Totally clean. Is that Everything is washed sin? away. What's that? Mortal well, sin? no, any sin. Any sin we commit uh, needs reparation because of the temporal effects. So if I commit a venial sin, uh, maybe I, I don't know what, I, um, I don't know, pick a venial sin. I do something I shouldn't do. I'm forgiven uh, if I ask for forgiveness. But whatever that venial sin is, I need to make restitution for it. Uh, you know, if I lied or if I told a lie or if I took something from someone, I have to pay that back. I'm forgiven. I'm not separated from God. If I've confessed it, I'm reunited with him, even if it's venial sin, but I have restitution to make. It's much more uh, serious for mortal sin because then we've separated ourselves from God. But Jim, following yesterday, until you sin or unless you sin, when you die, you go straight to heaven. There's no purgatory for you. If you, conf if you commit venial sin and you go to confession, you're, you're forgiven, you still need to make restitution. If you make sufficient restitution, then you're still clean and you'll go to heaven. But uh, and the same with mortal sin. Um, but the thing is, Jim, that so many of most of us, if not all of us, have committed so many sins in our life that we can never live long enough to make restitution for them. And I want to mention that in the Old Testament, the highest holy day is the day of Yom Kippur. It's the day of atonement. Yom is day, Kippur is covered. means to cover, it's the day God covered the sins of Israel um, in, in view of the cross that would take place a thousand years hence. But... Um, but those sins, that when the high priest, Aaron, went into the Holy of Holies, once a year on the highest holy day, the Day of Atonement, he atoned for the whole nation unintentional sins only. Unintentional sins of the whole nation. Individual sins, um, the, the individuals had to bring sacrifices and animals to the priest to atone for them. So... We're sinners, dear one, and we commit sins all the time, which we're not even aware of. Um, but again, that's what's so beautiful about Divine Mercy Sunday. Everything is wiped clean. The sins you're aware of, the sins you aren't aware of, the effects of those sins, um, the payment, the, the temporal payment, uh, all of it, which is what purgatory is about. Um, it's all gone. So yesterday... When you came out of church, you were as clean as sin-wise before God as the day you were baptized. That's okay. what's so great. And it lasts as long as you don't sin. And again, if you do sin and you make sufficient reparation for it, and you continue to make reparation for the sins you don't even know that you commit, you, can, you don't have to go to purgatory. But as of yesterday, there wasn't one single charge against you.
in heaven. But I, I get the same promises if I pray the rosary every day, too. They promise me eternal life. Yes, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't mean you won't go to purgatory. That's true. Nobody goes to, true. nobody goes to heaven with a single sin or unrepented or um, without the temporal effects of it. So yes, eternal life, but through purgatory. What yesterday did was um, give you the incredible grace of everything being wiped clean, and you go straight to heaven. I think there's some first Friday promises uh, that St. Margaret, Margaret Alacoque made that you go straight to heaven without, if, if you make the nine first Fridays, you may go straight to heaven without any purgatory, too. I think there are other saints that promise the same thing. Well, there you go. Um, for those promises, you can do that, but then that doesn't hold you for life. That's only for those nine uh, weeks or months and you've got to live it you can't just say go to church and say a prayer you have to live it your life needs to live it you need to follow the words you're saying in those prayers your yeah. life needs yeah. to reflect them Jim um, but this is one day for two acts that are sincere a, c- a confession and receiving Holy Communion and you're as clean as a baby all right. Thank you, Mother Miriam. Yeah, it's wonderful, Jim. And it's not just for then. It's, it's, we, we should really strive to uh, sin no more. As Jesus said, go and sin no more. It's That's an enormous grace. You know, the minute I walk out the church door, I'm sinning. Well, if, if that's the case, sweetheart, you mean in your thoughts? In my thoughts. I get angry, too. Yeah, you know, I, okay. you know I, I can't wait home. To, I can't wait to get home and eat. You know, I don't have time to speak to the people in the parking lot. You know, well, that's not sin, sweetheart. That's not hanging around to speak to people is not sin. Wanting to get home and eat, none of that is sin. That may be a certain lack of virtue, but that's not sin. I would say there's a wonderful book by I think it's Bishop Fulton Sheen. Ty- uh, titled Vice and Virtue, well, Virtue and Vice. Read something like that, Jim, so you can understand what is lack of virtue, uh, what is sin. What you're talking to me about is not sin. It's virtue that you'd like to develop, and I think that's a good thing if God has put that on your heart, but it's not sin. All right, thank you. You're welcome, honey. All right. Um we have an email from uh, Barbara who says, Good morning, Mother Miriam. Could you please explain the term ex cathedra? Um, yes, uh, it, it means from the chair, out of the chair, and it's the chair of Peter when the Holy Father is speaking uh, um, out of the chair of Peter infallibly on matters of faith and morals that we must follow. But I'll... I'll read the rest of your email and a little more about that when we come back from the break. We'll have an entire half hour to ourselves, dear ones. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at com. We'll be right back.
The Station of the Cross Spring Appeal is taking place May 2nd through the 6th. Hi, this is Debbie Giorgiani, one of your on-air hosts for The Drive. As always, Debbie, we've got some beautiful thank you gifts to send to our donors. As an Apostles Club member, with your gift of $1,500 or $125 per month, you'll receive three chances to win an all-inclusive trip for two to the Holy Land. And the other premium gifts as well, Jerry. So all our listeners have to do is call in and make a pledge at one 877 811 or go to the You can also use the donation page of your iCatholic Radio app or return the envelope from our recent Spring Appeal mailing. You've always been so very generous and we expect the same. That's one 877 811 or the I look forward to being with you May 2nd through the 6th on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, um, to Mother Miriam Live. I had to think about that. <laughs> We have um, a whole half hour together, and you are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We just began before the break an email from Barbara, who says, um, "Could you please explain the term ex cathedra? Sometimes it's pronounced as ex cathedra, ex." As an exit means out, out of, and cathedra, um, the cathedral, the cathedra is the chair. So out of the chair. <clears throat> and it's out of the chair of Peter. The Holy Father is the successor of Peter. And um, so she says, could you please explain the term ex-cathedra in regards to a papal command that is binding on the faithful? What does it look like? And how can we know when the Pope declares something that we must obey? Again, ex-cathedra or ex-cathedra statements pertain only to matters of faith and morals which are made binding on the faithful. And the statement has to say it's binding on the faithful. 
She, Barbara says everyone uses this term, but nobody seems to explain what it actually is and how to recognize it. Is there a certain formula the Pope uses or particular words to let us know that something he declares needs to be believed and obeyed? Excuse me. Pope Francis, she says, has declared a lot of things that seem to be pure heresy and that we are not obliged to believe. And this is very confusing for the faithful. Um, I understand, Barbara. Um, but there is not anything that Pope Francis has declared that is binding on the faithful. Not one thing since he's been elected Pope has been binding on the faithful. Have there been errors? Yes. Heresy? Yes. But binding on the faithful for us to believe? Absolutely not. Not one thing. Catholic Answers has a um, uh, an article by Father Hugh Barber, who is a Norbertine and the a prior of um, Saint Norbert Nor, uh, Saint. Um, oh, what am I thinking? Nor, Norbertine Abbey, the Norbertine Abbey in Silverado, California, is a wonderful priest, and um, he's answering a question of when the last time a pope taught ex cathedra. And he says that usually one would say that the last time was on November 1, 1950, when Pope Pius II solemnly defined the dogma of the Assumption of Our Lady, 1950, into heaven. The Assumption of Our Lady into heaven. And this would really be a doctrine taught ex cathedra as contained in the deposit of faith. That's binding on the faithful to believe. Even so, the requirements for ex cathedra or extraordinary, extraordinary exercise of the magisterium, that's what it is, and the requirements for infallible teaching are not exactly the same. There can be teachings that are taught infallibly, but are not presented in an extraordinary form of definition. The chief example of this would be St. John Paul's declaration on the ordination of women, to the priesthood. He said this, wherefore, in order that all doubt may be, that's 1994, wherefore, in order that all doubt may be removed regarding a matter of great importance, a matter which pertains to the church's divine constitution itself, in virtue of my ministry of confirming the brethren, I declare, said Pope John Paul II, I declare that the church has no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordination on women and that this judgment is to be definitively held by all the church's faithful. It is clear, Father Barber says, it is clear that here the Pope is using his full authority and attends, intends for his declaration to be definitive. He thus fulfills all the requirements for a dramatic definition, even though his instruction was not announced as such. I, um, okay. Um, so I would say any bishop or priest that is speaking about or advocating for women's ordination today is uh, teaching against the faith. It's not Catholic. Uh, and anyone who wishes women's ordination and teaches it, especially a cleric, um, I doubt that they are even Catholic. They're doing their own thing. 
So somehow, I don't know if there's a specific formula, but the Pope lets the world know that he is declaring this with all his authority, that it is binding on the faithful to believe. And again, it must be a matter of faith or morals. Um, Carol in Boston. Hi, Carol. You're on the phone? Hi, yes, Mother. Hi, sweetheart. Go ahead. Hi. Um, so my question is, um, I am 53 years old, and I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, my mother, uh, you know, both my parents came over from Italy after they got married. My mother was very strong in the faith. She actually thought she was going to be a nun. So she passed on a very strong faith to all her kids. Um, and then once I started having children 22 years ago, uh, my faith grew and it kept growing. So my question is, in all that time, why have I never heard of the divine mercy message of the graces that I got? This is this I calling because I heard the caller, you know, about 10 yeah. minutes ago uh, talking about divine mercy. Why? Why have I never heard about it? Why? Has most people not heard about it? My priest was talking about Divine Mercy Weekend and our merciful God this past Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday. The biggest message is that it is a time, as you were saying, to clean our souls, to to go back to our 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 beginning. It's almost we a second time. baptism. That's right. Yes. Why? Why are Why are we not learning about this? Why isn't this message being? For the same reason, Carol, that three three generations are ignorant of the faith because the priests and bishops have stopped, in large measure, have no stopped teaching the faith. They've stopped teaching the faith. We also had a message on divine mercy yesterday, but no clue about what God has promised, and the congregation went home without ever knowing what the grace that could have been theirs. Unbelievable. And, and so that's what it is. It, it's, again, bishops and priests have stopped teaching the faith. Um, and they're responsible. For God to have appeared to St. Faustina, it's a private revelation. Not only a private revelation that the church has approved, but John Paul II went further to make it the Sunday after Easter, and all these graces poured out um, that God uh, promised through St. Faustina. It, I think it's absolutely tragic. It's tragic. So we need to now, Carol and everybody else, when we know the faith, we need to begin to help people to know it because our, our priests and bishops, for the most part, uh, are, have failed us and are failing us. There are very good bishops and very good priests, but uh, I'd say more than not, uh, simply don't teach the faith. And they may claim, claim ignorance of these things, but I think they have no right to be a priest and be ignorant of this. Okay. It's, um, it's a shame. I live two hours from the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never heard this. And I have to say, because my son, my 21-year-old son, we were discussing it. And, and I have to say that, as you said, it, the, the best scenario is that they don't believe it. That would be the best scenario. Well, I didn't say they don't believe it. That's not my comment. 
um, they just either they don't know or they don't care enough. Whether they believe it or not, I don't know. But it's it's it is authoritative teaching. So you don't have an option to not believe what the church teaches. It's beyond a personal revelation now. Wow. Well, thank you for spreading the message on your channel because knowing that you, it came from you as well just helps solidify that um, mm-hmm. that it's something that we need to know about. Yeah, you absolutely need to know about it, Carol. God bless you. All right. Um, okay. <clears throat> we have a call from Mark in Michigan. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mother. Hi, How sweetie. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? Good. Um, I, I am really disappointed, uh, or have been disappointed over the last couple of weeks in the number of priests and Catholic leaders and friends who are, they're promoting the movie Father Stew. And before I went to see it, I started to read reviews and the movie has, I didn't go see it, but I, I know from the reviews that it has seven instances of the Lord's name being taken in vain. Hmm. It has, um, 44 F-bombs and 62 other instances of profanity. Uh, There are at least, there are at least four dialogues that I can't even repeat on the radio that two of them involve Jesus and very sacrilegious and again have profanity in the conversations. One kind of makes fun of the, in a, in in a way of the crucifixion and the passion. And um, then there's a conversation with a little boy in school that is totally vulgar. Well, let me interrupt you for a minute, Mark. Are uh, these comments that are being made, conversations, are they by so-called Catholics or are they by atheists in the movie? I've not seen that film. Well, um, the comment would be, from the main character that uh, Father Stu, before he becomes converted to, to Catholicism, uh-huh. and then um, his conversation, you know, the conversations were with Jesus. I don't know about the other uses of profanity. Jesus mm-hmm. himself didn't use profanity, but Father Stu did with the conversation with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it, it was done in a way to me that was very, again, sacrilegious and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I guess my question is just based on that alone, you know, I've tried to encourage friends and I've been online kind of conversing with some of the priests that have endorsed it and stuff, trying to figure out how and why. And I understand it portrays the Catholic church in a positive light. Um, it uh, has a good ending. Obviously he is converted and, you know, um, then, you know, doesn't do that anymore. But to me, the, 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 the end is never justified by the means. And I think mm-hmm. we're desensitizing and, and uh, you know, Catholics to, you know, to sin. But, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the people I know are saying I'm kind of, Pharise- you know, being a Pharisee and legalistic. And I was just curious to get your opinion based on what I've told you. Well, based on what you've told me, Mark, it, I want to tell you truthfully, it, it's difficult for me to make a decision because... I know of people who uh, were head of Hell's Angels and all tattooed and, uh, you know, got half the women in jail themselves and all of that. Uh, and their language matched it and their vocabulary and all of that matched it. And they were incredibly, incredibly converted. And uh, a movie like that might uh, aim to show that the most vile sinner language lifestyle everything that nobody's beyond 
the mercy and love of God and that there can be a gr- incredible conversion. So um, I've known people like that. And so um, it's, it's unless I see the movie, I really can't give you uh, any more of an answer than that. I'm guessing it's one of those movies that wants to show the depth of sin and hopelessness uh, that someone's life portrays, and yet uh, what our Lord's love uh, can do. Okay. But I'd have right. to, uh, I'd have to, I'd have to see it. Um, the F word 44 times. I, I don't know that that's necessary. You know. Um, and I, I hope that no one portrayed as a Christian would have used such vile language. So um, maybe I'll look for a, even a trailer of it. Okay, Mark, I love your heart. God bless you, my dear brother. And we'll be right back after this break. Everyone, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that the church needs to keep up with the times? G.K. Chesterton says that all this talk about keeping up with the times has been uttered hundreds of times before. To be up to date, he says, is a paltry ambition, except in an almanac. The church certainly does not need to imitate the secular world. In fact, what does the word secular mean? It does not mean worldly. It does not even mean irreligious. To be secular simply means to be of the age. That is, of the age which is passing. And in the case of anyone trying to keep up with the times, the age that is already past. So what the word secular really means is dated. The church's truth is never out of date because it is eternal. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um... And uh, we have about 10 minutes left, and you're welcome to call in yet with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number, 
or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have John from Kentucky on the line. Hello, John. Good morning, Mother Miriam. How are you today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks so much. Well, my question is very simple. I want to know what you think of the series Chosen or The Chosen. Chosen. Mm -hmm. Well, I know what you think of it. The same thing as the last call. I haven't seen it. Um, And so I've heard from people that some people are extremely excited about it. And I've heard from a couple of Catholic friends who thought it was incredibly wonderful that I should see it. And then as it went on, they came to something. And I don't know if it was the Last Supper. I don't know what it was. That was, they said, completely wrong, and they discarded the whole series. Uh, is it is it more Protestant than Catholic? I I think I've gotten that idea, so I I can't really give you um, a, um, a a decision. You know, any any thoughts really, John? Because I simply haven't seen it. Well, that well that's. Fair. Uh, um, I I I watched a few scenes of it, and I know that Jesus Christ didn't walk around in a dither uh, practicing what he was going to say on the Sermon on the Mount. And Are you serious? Matthew, uh, oh, absolutely. And, and practicing what Matthew. he was going to say. Oh, like God. like oh, God. I would practice I, to I, give a t- talk or something. Yeah, oh exactly, my goodness! Exactly. No. Exactly. In fact, no. In fact. He wakes up Matthew, and they try to work it out, and they do notes. And it, it, no it, it, way, it, it, no yeah, way. And, and I and, and I have been so disappointed about people that um, you know. And, and he argues with John the Baptist because John the Baptist is speaking out about marriage too much, and it goes on well, and on. There's no so. way in the world I can't. How could the series have been so praised by so many? Well, this is well, insanity. I, I, what you're I, telling I, me. Yeah, and and I felt bad for the, the the caller before me because he's trying to speak out about Father Stu, and Father Stu, you won't be able to go and watch it. Now you can watch the trailer if you want. And the trailer, you might think, oh, you know, oh, I might be able to watch that. You, you, you and your sisters won't even be able to sit there. Oh. And I've heard there's as many as a hundred f bombs. And, wow. and, and, and you know, my it's my point necessary. about it all, I've heard hundreds and hundreds of conversion stories, and quite literally, mm-hmm. your conversion story helped me immensely. And 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 now we're going to have to have these conversion stories. And I, you know, here's another thing. I, I wasn't going to say this, but uh, I've listened to Scott Hahn for hours and hours, and I just absolutely love Scott Hahn. I think he's a doctor mm-hmm. of the church. Okay, mm-hmm. but he endorsed the Father Stu and the hmm. the, the, the Chosen. Oh, oh really? Yeah, and along with LifeSite News and other organizations, and I think that these people, oh, I, I mean, I, you know, I've really been in a dither about it. I really have been in a dither about it. And here's the thing, you know, you can open the door to all these f bombs, but you know, I used to laugh at my daddy and say, you know, that's a slippery slope, son. You better not get on that slippery slope. And I used to think he was pretty stinking square. Okay. 
And, and, and what they've done with Catholic movies now is they have opened what a shame. that. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have opened that mm-hmm. door. So actually, I would like I, I would like to try to get you to educate yourself to it a little bit without having to sin and watch this filth. But mm. I am so I am so against chosen. Well, you I, know I, you what, know, John? I, I'm thinking it happens in time that uh, you're you're talking about LifeSite News, Scott Haunt. I mean, both. Uh, I respect them. I love them. Scott Hahn had a huge role in my becoming Catholic. And, and of course, I, I love the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News and totally trustworthy. And I think somehow when people get so busy, maybe popular, and they just they can't keep up with recalls and requests and talks and conferences and books and all that, after a while... When they're asked to endorse something, they may just say to someone they know, you know, how well you saw it, how was it? And the person may say it's terrific, and they take their word for it rather than being responsible and actually watching it. I will not endorse anything I haven't seen or read. So, um, yeah. well, okay. yeah, I'm well, sorry I'm for that. To, I'm, I'm, sorry. Trying war- I'm trying to warn the, the world to call her. Uh, you know, is still listing who was before me. I, I, I you know, I pray for mm-hmm. him because he's going to be called every name in the book. And mm-hmm. hey, hey, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a really big deal, and people are, you know, people are blowing this off. And a lot of people think it's because, well, you know, as, as far as fathers do, they got that huge, those huge actors on there. And I, I and, and and you know, you can see when they're doing the interviews with them, like they're so excited. You know, they got Mel Gibson's going to talk and all the rest of it. Well, I guess you can get the gist of how I think about it, but God bless you, sister. Did Mel Gibson endorse it? I'm not. Mel Gibson's in it. In Father Stu? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah, Mel Gibson's, you know, he's, hey. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not a good Catholic, but but, you know, he he is living with the girl who's 33 years younger or 30 years younger than him, who is the director and the writer. So you just tired, sister. I'm just oh, mother. John, I'm just tired. Sweetheart, I'm tired. I'm don't tired. be tired. Don't grow weary. That's our Lord's words directly. Do not grow weary in well-doing. John, the only way to handle this, you must call out sin when you see it, and I bless God that you're doing that. But um, always know Never fail to give God thanks for the grace he has given you that you can see more clearly. That's, I that's a I want grace. You to check it out. Check it I out, will. sister. I want you to check it out because you have more voice than I do. And I totally respect your opinion. And I thanks, don't want John. you to think I don't love Scott Hahn and life. No, I don't think that at all. I'm I'm surprised that it's been endorsed by them, if it is as you say it is, and I trust what you're saying. So I actually think someone may have sent me the chosen, so I'll I'll watch some of it. Yeah, you won't make it very long. (laughs) Okay. God bless you, dear one. God bless you. And we have a call from Colleen in Rhode Island. Hi, Colleen. Um, Hi, sweetheart. I'm, Are you there? Yes, I am. Good. Can you hear me? 
Yes, I can hear okay. you now. Go ahead, honey. Okay, I did the divine uh, mercy. Uh, I did the confession and the uh, the novena, and I went to communion yesterday. Beautiful. And I offered, and I offered it all to God for my son because he died a year ago. Oh, and I'm sorry, I, Colleen. And I wanted to confirm with you that everything I'd heard about it on uh, EWTN and Relevant Radio was true, that I can offer it up for a soul in purgatory. They said I could not offer it up for another living person, but I could offer it up for a soul in purgatory. You know what, Colleen? I can't tell you that exactly, but I think that's correct. I think that's correct. Um, I don't know that we are guaranteed to know what God will do in that case. But um, I do think you can offer it for a soul in purgatory. So just leave your son in God's hands. And don't stop praying for him. Continue to pray no matter what. Okay, sweetheart. All right, God bless you. And we'll be with you tomorrow, all of you.